calling all baby faces and heels alike. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, your place for all things comedy, combat, and wrestling. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Working Fans Podcast. Or you can email us at workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. If you're an audio listener, we encourage you to check out our YouTube. Wherever you listen, please make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, please enjoy this episode of The Working Fans Podcast. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, like, divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast. And we are talking comedy cast today. And since we got all four of us here, we got AJ Strangebrew, producer Joe. Oh, yeah. Chevy, myself, the man called Dave. We're going to talk about what kind of got us into comedy and some of the things that, you know, it kind of hooked us. All right. So, AJ, why don't you start us off? Well, the, first, the first person who got me into comedy, if we're doing that, would be George Carlin. I loved the singular thing that he did with uh, Hippy Dippy Weatherman and then, the eight, and then the eight things or seven things you couldn't say on TV at the time or on radio or whatever it was. But if you're talking about the first special that got me into comedy, it's Eddie Murphy Delirious. When I saw him go Oh, there, you motherfucker. I he, like it. Yeah, he was just balls to the wall and just brought it. And he said things that George Carlin told me you couldn't say on TV. Goonie goo goo. <laughs> that was not one of the things he said. Well, it was, but that wasn't one. I thought I learned some new Spanish shit. Joe, yeah. what you got? For me, early on, it was the Bill Cosby. I think my mom had the best of tape, and she also had the Cheech and Chong records. So just listening to them and laughing at the funny way that they said things mm. before I really knew what was going on on the records was hilarious. But Bill Cosby, we've talked before about how amazing his storytelling is. Mm-hmm. And how the jokes really got you. They're just like, I feel like his specials are like five, six good long stories that just have jokes peppered throughout. Plus, who else can offer you a roofie and a pudding pop? Yeah, we'll, we'll keep this going here and we'll talk about some other shit too maybe. Go ahead, Chevy. So what what got me into comedy was definitely, I remember watching, and he's not my favorite comedian now, but what got me into comedy was Robin Williams, the live on Broadway special. I remember watching that with my dad and he has that the uh, the joke about how golf was created in Scotland, and I just remember rolling on the floor laughing. It was hilarious. Dude, yeah, okay, I was going to say, so that's good. I want to 
So producer Joe, he's got one of mine. Like one of my earliest stand-ups I remember was uh, Bill Cosby himself. And I remember one of the bits in particular was how when he was growing up, he thought his name was Jesus Christ. He said because his father would just be yelling all the time, Jesus Christ, would you get over here? Jesus Christ, come here. And then he's like, my brother thought his name was Damn It. And so he'd be like, Damn It, get over here. Damn It, come here. And then one day, you know, he does something wrong and he yells at him. He goes, Damn It. And he goes, No, Dad, it's me. I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> And just his delivery, his timing is so good. AJ talked about Eddie Murphy with Delirious, which was his first big comedy special. I actually saw it in reverse. I saw Raw first, which, you know, he had the big purple jumpsuit on. And he's talking about how, you know, people coming from other countries don't understand his bit. And they just hear the curse words. And they're like, come up to him like, Eddie Murphy, suck my dick. (laughs) The funny thing is Delirious was actually the first one that came out. Yeah, And I think most people actually saw Raw first and then went, oh, shit, what else has this guy done? And then they found his stuff on Delirious and his stuff on Saturday Night Live. I can't guarantee or volunteer that that's how it like happened. But for me, that is actually how it happened. I saw Raw and then I want to check out Delirious. And then when he did the whole bit about your wife's a Bigfoot Gus and Goonie Goo Goo and give her, you know, personal rope and then they want to be a cowboy and your fat, hairy bitch wife can't walk a flight of stairs like gold. The funny thing is half the stuff that Eddie Murphy did back then, I'm not sure you could actually do now. Like he does the one about the gay police officer. Oh, yeah. Not needing a siren. Just like, <laughs> uh, some of these jokes uh, I could get him um, canceled, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Although his career has been canceled for 20 years anyways. I love he's that he's doing good with like child films and stuff like that. I, I think that he was talking about doing a comeback to stand up, but oh. people were worried that would he still be funny? Because obviously, like AJ said, you wouldn't be able to do the same bits. Well, that held him back, not being able to do the same bits. Robin Williams was held back by suicide. Bill Cosby was held back by prison. So there's a lot of things that actually hold people back, unfortunately. All right, I'm going to ask a question to producer Joe here because I know he was like, I was wondering, what is one of your first, first favorite comedic films, though? Put you on the spot. Oh, first favorite comedic films. That's interesting. So many. Yeah. yeah, there's so many, and especially coming from that 80s. Mm. So just throw this out there. We just had, for the beer podcast, we had that extra cool beer. Like Ghostbusters popping in my head right now. Yeah, Ghostbusters would probably be an early one. We also, today, to give you a little bit behind the curtain, also we did an episode for the comedy cast where we talked about holiday films, and Chevy Chase comes to mind, some of those comedy films he did in the 80s. I absolutely loved those Fletch movies when they came out. I mm. thought they were great. In that same vein, that my first thought was Spies Like Us with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. Okay, okay. And Trading, I, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Three Dan Amigos. Aykroyd. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah, I think a lot of them are going to be that early SNL, Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd movies because we all come from the 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Like, Nick, where we watched a lot John of movies. John Candy, Summer Rental. Uh, even though I don't know if it was a comedy, it was more like a... It had a kind of a buddy cop film, 48 Hours, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. Oh, that was definitely still a comedy. I know yeah. there was Roxy. drama. But still. <laughs> to, to this day, I actually sing the song only that way. <laughs> that's the only way I know how to sing it. <laughs> and not just because that's all my voice I don't know what Sting's doing, but fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> now, guys, would you say that the comedy that you're into now is similar or opposite of what you maybe grew up liking? All right, so I'll go first. I have to say, personally, I don't know if it's like, it's not different 
it might be more expounded. Like I have other things I like now too, but I still love that original, like Eddie Murphy, Bill Cosby stuff. Dave but also, like, Dave also likes white people now. <laughs> but I also do like George Carlin. <laughs> you know, it's interesting too because I went from a phase where I like like Dane Cook stuff, and like the more like I've watched comedy i'm like man why did i like that like he wasn't that funny there's a few things i'll say like oh okay that was good but for the most part i'm like hmm, not so, so much so here's the thing about comedy a lot of times comedy talks to you about what you're going through in the time period so it can be funny to you in the time period and not necessarily funny to 10 years later dave's dick also felt like corn <laughs> yeah, I got a corny dick. <laughs> funny thing is, nobody's mentioned Richard Pryor thus far. Yeah, who's a legend, but he's also a little bit before our prime. Like, me and you are the oldest people here, and like we were on the tail end of Richard Pryor. The first thing I remember about Richard Pryor is catching himself on fire freebasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like for a lot of us, Richard Pryor would kind of be when we dug more into comedy and we were discovering those other comedians out there. So the way I found Richard Pryor the first time was actually Eddie Murphy talking about him in his skit. Oh, yeah. Talking about how Bill Cosby chastised right. him for swearing yeah. and how Richard Pryor asked him, are you making money? <laughs> I liked it. Uh, yeah, are you making money? <laughs> tell, tell, tell Bill, Bill, Bill Cosby, I said, to have a coconut smile and shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. I have to say, too, I was just telling my girlfriend about this, too, as uh, we noted in another episode. She's super, like, innocent and doesn't like a lot of stuff. I was telling her that, like, we're talking about her son, like, like poop jokes, and, like, that's all he knows. And Eddie has that bit, too, where he talks about how he did stand-up at, like, 14 years old, and all it was was about him taking a shit, because that's all he had done at 14 years old. And he's like, but it sounded like Richard Pryor. And he's like, you ever be straining really hard trying to take a shit, and this little pebble shit comes out? Don't I get you mad? Don't you want to look at your asshole and go, that's all you got for me? Motherfucker. So, so I think not very funny to say that a bunch in front of like eight and ten year old kids. By the way, but whatever. One of the funny things is, is we talked about Robin Williams before. Some of my early comedy memories is TV comedy and seeing Mark Robin and Mindy. Williams on Mork and Mindy. And it wasn't until later on that I realized that a lot of his phonetic energy that he had was fueled by cocaine. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the worst things that happened to him was getting clean. I hate to say that, but... Yeah, it's interesting it, how that works. It just affected his comedy greatly. Yeah, it kind of pulled us in another direction, but it's interesting, like, how... There's a book, I think it's called, like, Barbells and Kamikazes, and it's basically a look at how the Russian weight, Olympic weightlifting team one year was using, like, alcohol as in form of, like, an enhancement drug. So, basically, if you use just enough of it, it could relax your nerves, and, you know, you'd be a little more relaxed when you do, you know, like, you're lifting weights. But if you go too far, obviously, and you can get really fucked up. And I think... Like, in terms of creativeness, right, you could do a certain amount of drugs and maybe you can have this little outlet, and but then you can also go too far. I'm just happy to find out what my mom was going for with all that drinking. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to lift weights. She was trying to join the Russian <laughs> lift. Ah! If she wanted to lift weights, she could have stayed with my dad. <laughs> oh, yeah, Denny, HBK, baby, heartbreak kid. Love that guy. Now, guys, uh, we've talked about where we came from in comedy, what we like now. Do you guys search out a lot of new comedy or do you just kind of watch what you like? or And like, how do you discover new comics at this point in your life? I have to say, honestly, too, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm curious. Do you like do you rush to go see a lot of comedy movies at this stage in your life? Like, I can't think of any really great comedic movies that have been out in the last like five years or so. I mean, I guess it's an action movie, but I did just see The Rock and Ryan Reynolds together. They do have good chemistry. They're funny together. Okay. But I don't go out of my way to go see something that's necessarily a comedy. That was more of an action, haha, comedy. Just, go ahead, John. I kind of rush to go see more stand-up now, people that right. I haven't seen Absolutely. or people that I'm a fan of. 
I don't think a lot of huge comedy movies come out like they did in the 80s and 90s. So I'll ask you this, Chevy. What's the last like comedy movie that you like saw maybe in a theater? I haven't been to the movie theater in like three years, maybe longer. Do you remember the last comedy movie you seen? I couldn't tell you what it yeah. was. Absolutely not. Elf. Elf. <laughs> Definitely not. I don't know. I mean, like, I remember going to the film, like, going to the movies for a while and seeing stuff like Old School and, like, Talladega Nights and seeing a lot of those, like, Will Ferrell films. Like, I, that's what I did, but... They don't really do that anymore. No, I can't think of Like, Seth Rogen had that little thing going for a little while, like Pineapple Express and a bunch of movies. Yeah, until he did the movie where he couldn't show it anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't think of any, like... The last film I remember seeing in the theater as a comedy movie was was that animation film kind of where it was Seth Rogen. They were like in a grocery store and it was like R-rated. Sausage party. Sausage party. I was going to say all the sauces were fucking each other. That was in a movie theater? <laughs> that was I saw it in a movie theater. How many kids were there? Uh, you know, I think there were a couple, honestly, which I don't know if like parents knew, but I'm like, oh, they fucked Dave, up. Dave screamed down the middle of the theater, best sausage party ever. Uh, I think I might have been my ex-wife at the time. Yeah, so we had fun. Who, by the way, was also the age of the children. <laughs> she was a little older. <laughs> she was legal. <laughs> anyway, going back to uh, producer Joe's question about how we find our com our comedians now, I'm going to say podcasts are probably how I find out about my new my new comedians that I follow. They'll be on a podcast I watch, and then I go and follow them. So I have this neat little trick. I go to this thing called YouTube, mm -hmm. and I punch in stand up comedy. There's some guy named Sam something. He did, like, stand-up on a rooftop. Is it Sam Tripoli? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he did have a stand-up. He's a conspiracy theorist? I think so. He has a tinfoil hat podcast with Eddie Bravo? I'm not positive about this now. Now I'm losing. Dave, Tower, Tower Dave, 7? Dave, do you have any information at all about this? I will, <laughs> I will look it up as we speak. He has a podcast with Brian Callen also called Conspiracy Social Club. My wife is a big fan. I do still like to go see stand-up, by the way. I've gone and seen Brian Regan lately. I've, there's some fun ones out there still, guys. Okay. I, I've never seen a stand-up show live, so maybe we should go as a Working Fans podcast group. I, I think the next time I perform, we'll have to bring Chevy with us. Sounds good. Sam Morell is the guy I was thinking, That's actually. That's who I was thinking. No, he did some comedy on the rooftop. This is what the guy looks like. I've way. definitely heard of Sam Tripoli, though. He is a good guy. Yeah, I knew he I knew who Sam Tripoli okay. was. I've Sam no Morell was, was actually recommended to me by a mutual friend, and he's very funny. I would actually check him out. Yeah, you know what's funny? The last stand-up special that I meant to actually saw, like, you know, as far as, like, heavy hitters go, D.L. Hughley, I think. And I remember, like, he had this bit about... What year was this, 2012? <laughs> you know what? It was a little later, but you're not far off. I want to say... Oh, shit. No, it wasn't. It was actually before 2012. Oh, no. Nailed it. I'm Dave, old. <laughs> Dave, didn't you come with me to see Jim Jeffries? Yeah. That might have been after D.L. Hughley. I don't remember when... <laughs> I don't remember. Those were all around the same time period, though. Yeah. yeah. But I remember D.L. Jim D. Jeffries is funny as shit, if you get a chance. D.L. Hughley had this bit about, like, teaching kids how to swear to avoid them from getting kidnapped. And he's like, you know, imagine you're at a mall or something, and some six-year-old's like, I don't know this motherfucker. He's like, you're going to turn around, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So as a public service announcement, I want you guys to do me a favor. If you go to a comedy show and it hurts your feelings and you're sensitive, go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, because that's one thing that's actually hurting a lot of modern comedy is the overly political correctness and the sense of cancel culture that's going on now. Not a lot of people want to go out or feel comfortable, it seems, going out and performing comedy where they used to at the threat of having their whole life shut down over it. 
Pete Davidson and a few other comics have actually stopped doing college tours mm. because the colleges are so frick liberal, liberal and counter cancel culture now that he's afraid that it'll literally ruin his whole career. That's a damn shame. I'm trying to think of like stand up specials I've seen recently. Dave Chappelle. Did you did you see Pete Davidson's? Not recently. So he did one, and he <laughs> bless you. He jokes around even to be honest with you about his father who passed away in 9-11. When you can make that joke and you've survived, you are a member of a family that has survived from that, mm. and you can joke about it and somebody else looks at it and goes, oh, how dare you do that? That person's wrong. <laughs> and so you have a right to make humorous jokes. Yeah, you know, I was going to say. Former guest of the show, Mike Lawrence, actually helped to write some of Pete Davidson's recent weekend mm. update sketches. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like other stand-up specials I've seen. I'm still a little fixated. It's like Bill Burr is another one of the great comics still he, putting out shit. He might there. be the best for me right now at this point. Yeah, like I love me some Bill Burr. Dave Chappelle, when he puts stuff out, but he's not as frequent, I would say. But when he puts it out, it's pretty good. Uh, Chris Rock put something out again like in the last year or two. I, didn't, I wouldn't compare it to like his original stuff. It was okay, but definitely not as If good. you want to see somebody who's up and coming, he was on our show. Dame FK, believe it or not, I've been on shows with him. Absolutely hilarious young comedian. Busts his ass out there. Gets out to every show that he can. And he puts the work in, and he's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that's one great thing we've had about having a comedy podcast is we've become friendly with comics like him, Marcelino Moose Hill, mm. Pat Oates. We're, you know, and getting to see some of those comics that aren't big names, I think that's one of my more kind of like modern excitement in comedy mm. is finding those newer names that wouldn't be household, but that you turn out to become a fan of. Yeah, I think I'd like to still potentially put on a comedy show with you guys. Maybe promote something and see how that goes. I think that that's a great idea. I would love to book that. That's something that we can definitely get done. Joe, do we know any comedians? No. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find them. They're on we'll Facebook. find somebody. Yeah, I can't think of. Obviously, Dame, but nobody like close enough to us. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Busy. Mar- yeah, Mar- I wonder why somebody. I, I, know, I know Moose Hill's always available. Moose Hill. Love Mussolini. <laughs> Good Mar- Marcelino. Yeah, yeah, sausage. I like that guy. <laughs> now, guys, this is kind of a post holiday episode where mm. okay. Thanksgiving just passed us. We're moving into December. We've got a lot of great episodes coming up for you. And we just wanted to get together once again as a group and kind of have a short comedy discussion about the things we enjoy. And that's the kind of stuff we will continue to share with you here on the Working Fans Comedy Cast. Dave likes a lot of leather. And on that note, happy holidays. Happy holidays. I hope you had a happy holiday and that you were able to shop on Black Friday. Enjoy it, you filthy animals. Later. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 